In the criminal podcast system, episodes are represented by two separate yet equally important groups, the hosts who investigate topics and the district guest attorneys who are into them. These are their interests. Bum 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 ba da ba. I think you'd be into it. Bum bum ba da ba ba. I think you'd be into it. Do, 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 you definitely looked up do, the text for the beginning of Law and Order. There's no do, way you knew that. Do, 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 oh yeah, I I've been I had it written down in my bear and had the words that are changed. I was gonna say you definitely caps. had to write that down because there's no way you just know the opening to Law and Order the oh, way God. I do. Yeah, I I don't know the lyrics to it. songs I've listened to hundreds. I'm, of I'm times. really impressed. I gotta say, guys, this is the first. This is a first. I did not interrupt his bit because I thought it worked. Hey! <laughs> and it only took, what, 50 episodes to get there? God, if this is our 50th episode and it opens with the first good bit, I'm going to be over the fucking moon. Uh, also, hi, this is I Think You'd Be Into It, the podcast about your problematic faves. Uh, I'm your host, Brandon Beck. And I'm your other host, Beth Scorzato. And joining us today is... Uh, you know her as the reigning champion of the Pack Theater. Please welcome the, and the host of Late Night Hooks Up. Please welcome Hooks. If you would prefer, we can make him redo that with they. No, 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 I'm good. Okay, just making sure because yeah. we always we're you know we're editing and whatever. Oh shit! Yeah, no, I, that, I, that... I'd be representing how they want. <laughs> no, it's 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 so confusing for people, and I totally appreciate like all the the effort that people put towards it, but I. I do so not mind. It does matter. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. really doesn't matter to me. But also, like, it's so funny. We we just dropped our um, our web series on uh, Film Freeway so that we can, um, you know, uh, apply to things and hopefully become yeah. discovered and famous. And um, we're putting everything in my name first because I am the one that is the most diverse. Sure. And um, and therefore. Uh, Oh, I hate using this word, but sellable. I'm the mo- I'm I am I am the biggest commodity out of our group, and um, it's Hollywood baby, Hollywood baby. <laughs> so yeah, so like that's been a. But I also uh, one of my directorial choices is I refuse to engage in any bureaucracy. Um, so all these men are doing stuff for me, uh, <laughs> which hell yeah, they constantly have to send me messages saying things like is it okay if I use your whole name? Um, is it okay if I, <laughs> and I love this. I think that it's like genu- genuinely, it. like, yeah, like in, into this. Uh, but I, it also means that I constantly have these messages going back and forth where I'm like, no, 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 it's cool. Let them know I'm a woman that we want them to know I'm a woman. So they yeah, we like, want them like, to know that. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, it's, it's, it just is what it is. Yeah, and, and, wild out here because it's nothing's happening, but also it's still like writer submission season for everything. Yeah. <laughs> like that didn't stop for some reason. Yeah. Which was really weird. Like the NBC on the verge uh, having a 10 day window. Not going to lie. Real, real, real hard for me. That was stressful. Like on day one. Oh, man, I was motivated. I was like, hell yeah. Windows are open. Let's do this. We got the shit. Here's the questions. All right, Colton. Day three, I had some extenuating circumstances push me into a depression. Mm-hmm. And then, like, day three through six, 
I just wallowed in that depression with like the NBC deadline looming on my checklist. And uh, yeah. And I was like, what the, how are people doing this? It's like, I'm worried about survival, but then I'm also answering this like pithy college essay based question. You know, I hated doing those. God, those essay questions were like, but then I, I did have an incredible amount of sympathy and, and I guess empathy for uh, college seniors who are legit writing college essay questions in a world where they're like, what yeah, the Brandon's you know, cousin like, just quote unquote graduated. Yeah. <laughs> so that feels very like, oh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. We're all we're all planning for a future. We're all doing we the best we can. Well, yeah. ideally, by the time this comes out in mid July, we'll be maybe allowed to see each other from three feet away. <laughs> well, July is my birthday. Yay. Yay! I've already reconciled myself to having a quarantine birthday, but it's fine. Yeah, so is my best friend. Her birthday's in July, and she was like, "I knew I was gonna have a quarantine birthday. I just knew it." We were supposed to go see Janelle Monet at the bowl, and that's not going to happen now. <laughs> that was that was supposed to be the oh. same night that I was going to see Primus at the Greek cover a Rush album in its entirety. Yeah, that's because you made the wrong choice. Oh, God. Which is the harshest gender divide I've ever seen in two shows. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. But also, that's like, true. oh, God, I would love to see that. I, right. Which one? I yeah. I mean, yeah, we hadn't bought that. tickets yet. We're poor, but we were planning to. Oh, I had already. I I bought my Primus ticket, but I'm not seeing a refund on that thing because it got pushed till next year. I'm glad, on a certain level, that I am poor and hadn't actually followed through on purchasing any of the things that I said I was going to do for the year. Oh, good. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. So that saved me because I did have some like things in the mix that I was gonna. I was like, oh yeah, I'll go to Vegas in May. Oh yeah, I'll do this. Da, 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 da. But I had yeah, that. I hadn't purchased any of the stuff I said I was gonna do yet either. <laughs> Every year since we moved out west, I've talked about this is gonna be the year I go see fish in Colorado on uh, Labor Day, and it was gonna be, but now it's not. <laughs> anyway, Brandon. Would you like to start with a thing you're into this week? I super duper would not. Other than other than the idea of concerts. Yeah, Ugh. I would super duper not like to go. I I have a I have a kind of half-assed one, but if you have a better one. I mean, you know I'm never prepared ever in a million years ever prepared. Um, That's fair. I don't know, man. We've been doing so many of these, I have to keep coming up with things, and I'm not allowed to just say, oh wait, didn't I determine that maybe this one is the one I'm allowed to just say DuckTales oh, again? Oh yeah, yeah, you can totally say DuckTales again, it's it, the, it's been like two months. DuckTales again! It's DuckTales again! We were watching one the other night, and I d- announced that I would die for Webigail, and let's be real, I would. Nice. She's perfect. Everything about that show is so good. Guys, I'm gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna have to just let me do a DuckTales episode soon. Oh yeah, we're we're so excited. Literally, actually planning it. Stay tuned for that. We haven't actually announced anything yet, though. Maybe by July we will have. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brandon. 
Um, so what's your half-assed one? So my kind of half-assed one. Uh, Unless you have something hooks, and then you can save him. <laughs> oh, I have. I like. I I just share something I'm into right now. Yeah. 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 All right, you go first, but then I have something. All right. Uh, okay. Um, I am this week into. Uh oh shit. Okay. <laughs> um, I am into this week from the the weird cover song files. Uh, on David Burns Live at Austin City Limits uh, album on Spotify, he does a cover of I Want to Dance with Somebody. Which is a song that I could usually like give or take, but his version's real good because he makes it sound like a David Byrne song where it's uh, not too exciting, but just exciting enough. I love it. Which I think is at the end of the day, the whole, the whole thing of, of David Byrne. Yeah. He's, he's, he's just in that weird sweet spot of like, it's almost like musical anticipation. Oh, totally. And, like, all of his lyrics are just about, like, a bridge he saw. (laughs) It's not what he's saying. It's how he's saying it. Exactly. I Actually, I saw his... uh, Talks very dramatically about that bridge. That's true. Uh, I saw his tour uh, a couple years ago, the American Utopia tour, uh, which was the best concert I'd ever seen. And then I saw it again six months later, and it was, again, the best concert I've ever seen. And now it was it ran on Broadway and was supposed to be coming back this fall, but uh, is unfortunately not. Uh, oh, actually, they've got the full live album of that on Spotify, which is also uh, really, really incredible. It's it's a good survey of of his music that like tells a kind of interesting story. Uh, the band is wild. It's uh, no one. No one is uh, sitting at all. Everyone's standing and mobile the whole time. So, like, the drum kit is split between, like, three people with, like, you know, drum core gear on. And, like, there's a dude playing a guitar. Or not a guitar, like, a keyboard that's, like, somehow propped up. And everybody's dancing. It fucking rules. It's so good. Uh, So, yeah, cool David Byrne covers and David Byrne live album are my... uh, my thing this week. So now that I've said enough words on that, Hooks, what about you? Uh, my thing this week, um, as I as I've mentioned to uh, a couple of my friends, um, I've been in a great toy reorganization. But specifically within that, um, I, I love Bob's Burgers. Like just uh, oh, absolutely yes. adore Bob's Burgers, and I have a pretty pretty decent kid robot. Bob's Burgers collection, but, um, but I did something kind of crazy when I realized that I, uh, had more space than I thought because I introduced, um, 
these little display tiers that are meant for nail polish, um, which just in case anybody's uh, listening and wondering like, oh, wow, what did you use to organize all your toys? Nail polish display cases, oh my oh, God, yeah. are oh, yeah. the ideal size and, and cheap. Um, if you buy stuff made for toys, it's not cheap. Uh, <laughs> nope. So, so that was, yeah. So I thought, the, A, that was a great hack. But then B, when I set them up, I was like, oh, I could fit like easily double the number of toys. Um, yeah. And so I bought more toys. Um, you know what so else I, is a good is a good uh, alternative, like the nail that? polish one? Um, the in cabinet, um, like step up spice racks. <gasps> yes, yes. It's got little See? little stairs. I've got my spices on one, but I've also seen people get those and use them as like a display thing because they're just these little plastic steps, but they're so much cheaper than buying like a toy display. I put 100%. every figurine so... into an individual mason jar. I'm not sure. <laughs> Um, that would I keep the cat have... from stealing them. That's true. true. It would also lead to the cat breaking lots of mason jars. That's true. Also true. Um, so yeah, so I am, I'm, I'm just looking forward in a week to getting another, um, God, this is like really sick to admit. I bought a sealed case of blind box toys for a series that I didn't have. You pervert. I, it's a crazy, like, for those in the know, that's a crazy thing. I, I, I. <laughs> oh, I considered I bought, it. Back during the, the, the height of the Disney Vinylmation days, I considered buying a f- couple full boxes. It, I've been collecting vinyl toys since 2005, and this is probably my fifth sealed flat that I've purchased in 15 years. Oh, damn. So it's mm-hmm. like, it's not something I do regularly. It's definitely like a special occasion thing. Um, sometimes you can have a full box as a treat. But hey, sometimes you get a full full box as a treat. So it does also mean that I will be unboxing them. And I'm fucking stoked about that. Because as we've been discussing, there's like a weird um, Groundhog Day element to our days lately. And so having something on the horizon to really like truly look forward to um that feels like a big deal is that's that's a treat oh one one hundred percent i had it's been a long time since i've really delved too deep into blind boxes um i used to be real into blind box shit um because the Disney Corporation, you know, knows how to get right yeah. into my, you know, they know how to f- uh, massage my nostalgia prostate in just the right way. Baby, I get it. We were at Disney like eight, nine years ago, and they had a set of these blind box Toy Story 3 vinyl figures that I I don't want to say publicly how much money we spent trying to get both Buzz Lightyear and then the variant of Buzz Lightyear where he's Mrs. Nesbitt and missing one arm. Oh, I also contacted a friend who specializes in finding like rare out of print, blah, blah, blah stuff. And basically said, look, uh, the Bob's Burgers series one, um, kid robot, three inch vinyl. I'm looking for a Mr. Fish odor. I will pay for this one figure. If you can find him and, and he's currently looking, 
And so I, I put that out there to the world. If you have a Mr. Fish odor, I will pay for that figure because there's only one that's made. And that box, that series is out of print now. And um, I fucking want him. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just a weird thing. I, I want it so bad. I, I feel that when we were in college for years, I had been looking for uh, this toy company Palisades used to make these really, really detailed uh, Muppet figures. Uh, none of them could really stand all that well on their own, but otherwise they, they looked perfect. They, they all had like legs, but it didn't look weird. Um, but as part of that series, they made a figure of Jim Henson when he, when they have, you know, the Jim Henson Muppet that used to be on the Muppet show every so often, they made a figure of that. Yeah. And I looked for that thing at Comic-Cons for fucking years and could never find it because it was such a limited run and then uh in college uh one day when my uh the day i turned in my like final play for junior year playwriting class that had given me a fucking nervous breakdown um beth surprised me uh by having found it somewhere and i still have it to this day that's just on ebay Oh, I, oh! I'm sure it was still on eBay, but like that was that was one of the, God, uh, that's still one of my favorite gifts I've ever I've ever been given. I mean that that's where I got it. It was just on eBay. Oh yeah. No, that's 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 the thing. And like I I've looked for Mr. Fish. Uh, it's so dumb because he's not even a rare figure. It's just like, everybody that They're has one. That. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody wants to get rid of it. Nobody wants to get rid of it. I guess I don't know. Like. Like I said, I feel confident that at some point I will I will own a Mr. Fish odor and he will go right next to Marshmallow. But Hell yeah. In the in the meantime. There's also that collector thing of like I I doubt Mr. Fish odor is your favorite character or anyone's favorite character, but often the last thing you need to finish a set is like a weird random side thing. Like I looked for ages i wanted to get a complete run of matt fraction's hawkeye series and i had all but issue four which is unimportant and not particularly (laughs) memorable but just issue four was the one that i needed i was never gonna read this again i have it in a in two hardcovers if i want to read them but i wanted a floppy of issue four and it took me for fucking ever to find one (laughs) I, I there it, 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 I think that's it. There is something to say about like completing a collection, and and when I look at my collection, it's like, all right, yeah, I want the specific. Like, do I want Bob in the Equestronauts outfit? Yeah, of course. Who does? Like, I have six. Um, do I want you know Teddy in um his weird Francis costume? Sure, but I have a Teddy, so it's fine. Um, I just want the whole fucking town like that's, that's what i'm trying to do is build the town you know so yeah i i need felix and and mr fish odor to complete it but you know we're working on it it's, in it's, the meantime it's, we're here to talk about crimes of not to toy yeah that was bad i'm really crimes bad at of not toy we're here to talk about law and order 
That's going to be my new series. That's the series I pitched for uh, Riders in the Verge this year, Crimes of Not Toydom. That's why I don't open the show, okay? <sighs> I know I talk a lot of shit about bits, but I ain't got any. <laughs> <laughs> I rule the dunk zone, though, so keep your head on a swivel. That is that is true. That is true. Coming to nuke your ass from orbit. Yep, 360 no-scope from space. Uh, but we are here today to talk about Law and Order, which, uh, as I intimated when I made fun of Brandon up top, uh, he has seen more in passing, whereas uh, Hooks and I have watched very, very intimately. Uh, oh, yeah. Hooks, I have seen we, exactly we, we would be remiss to not mention entirety. up top Dickers. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, um, so many, many moons ago, um, I was in between pets. Because uh, I was I was uh, recently single and I had lost some of my pets in the breakup, and I said, "When I get another dog, I am going to name that dog either Bob Barker or Dick Wolf, <laughs> because those are the two best dog names I can think of." Um, and then when I got Dickers, uh, she's just not she's not a Barker, she's just not. So I named her Dick Wolf, um, but. You know, why, why did I even think of Dick Wolf? Because, oh, God, I've been watching Law & Order since I was, fuck, a kid? Like, yeah, legit, it came on when I was a kid, and I would watch it. Um, I was a boring child that, like, liked school and enjoyed homework, and I liked to do my homework in the living room because it meant that I could hang out with my family. I was that weirdo. Um, and my mom like every woman her age loves crime drama uh true crime and law and order had just come out and every friday night she fucking was on the couch watching law and order and was i in high school doing my homework in the living room on a friday night you bet your ass i was i got so much ap credit i don't even care um yeah fuck yeah um, but it also meant that I was just like, like had that, the, there's a rhythm to the show. And I, like, I've sat and I've thought about it. Like, what makes people, why is this a universally beloved format? What has made this one of the longest running shows on television ever? Um, how has there been so many successful franchises off of one premise? It's because that there's like, this weird um, rhythm to the show that like lulls you into this like womb-like state. It's just beautiful. It's, it's the, it's the it perfect is. background noise. It is. It's one of those shows, Brandon's like, I don't understand what, like, are you even watching this? And I'm like, no, I don't need to watch this. You don't. You <laughs> they don't recap you. themselves so many times per episode. Yes. I was going to say, that seems like such a foreign idea to me. But I will also watch the same 15 Simpsons episodes over and over again and not pay attention to them. So I actually do See, get it. What's different? This is different, it's... though, because the Simpsons, you could arguably say, are good. You could make that uh, argument. And and I feel like you could win that argument. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that's a very hard case. Yeah. Law, law and order, objectively, it's it's terrible. It's it, as as a. As someone who wants to spend their life writing television, it's terrible. It's not shot well. It's not no. 
So there's like at the same time, all the time. There is it is the most terrible dialogue ever. Mm -hmm. Um, But it is just again like the perfect thing to have on in the background. There's a rhythm to it, and then because the dialogue is terrible, you're like, no one would say that. No one would say that. Yeah. It's just, to me, Law and Order is the, like, platonic ideal of a procedural. Uh, Yeah. It's just, in in a way that, like, Law and Order, I feel like, is the first cop show that's not a cop show. Like, I would would say as we got into, like, later seasons of, like, SVU and they they were focusing more on, like, the drama of the cops and, like, their, their home lives and stuff, it became, I think, more towards, like, that 80s model of, like, a cop show. But early Law and Order season one, they were, like, very dedicated to their premise of, like, we are focusing on the cops and then we are also focusing on the DAs. On the and, or- yes. See, yeah. that's the thing about Law and Order. It's both law and order. The two genres of music, law and order. Some of the later seasons of other shows, it becomes, I feel, more like traditional cop show. Like I said, later SVU, pretty much all of Criminal Intent, um, they have that one DA, but I'm not sure I remember his name or ever saw him in court. Uh, Sam Waterston. But but regular OG Law & Order, man, we got Sam Waterston was like the heavy hitter forever. But it was also such a classic cast, that that original stuff. You got Jerry Orbach. Oh, yeah. You've got Sam Waterston in some really iconic roles. And and on the order side, to their credit, there is better writing on the order side. There are some very powerful (laughs) speeches in there. But... I, mean, I, I agree. People, and CSI and CSI Miami get a lot of shit for like weird, like, co- like one, like cheesy one-liners. But let me tell you, man, oh, early Law and Order's got that sweet, sweet stuff, especially when they're first getting into computers and they don't understand how they work. And they're I'm like, cool. here, I've, I've got this. Yes. My favorite one is when they're like tracking someone's internet signal with a thing that like props clearly made out of some fucking wire hangers. Uh, it's, ugh. There's a guy, um, this was probably five or six years ago, maybe more now, but um, there was a guy that as an art piece, he took every, um, he he basically did a retrospective of how culture has changed according to our relationship with technology by using Law & Order SVU. Mm -hmm. I think I saw this. And he, and he just went through and documented all the different times that SVU used, um, like, fake websites or what, you know, just, and you just kind uh-huh. of see this, the evolution of, I, I like, okay, um, I'm going to interrupt myself because I think that this is a, an important no. thing for me to make, no. like, at this point, but Law and Order, the OG Law and Order. I think is a much better show. It's mm-hmm. like it, it, it actually. I feel like um, it was written well. It like when it first came out, like that that first franchise. I think it it really did break a mold. Um, it created yeah. a, a type, like you were saying. Like it's such a platonic ideal for procedurals. SVU though, uh, yeah, uh, like. I watched Law and Order as I was saying, like in in high school, um, mm-hmm. just kind of like uh, secondhand uh, because it was on 
whatever. Law and Order SVU, I specifically sought out when I lived in Portland um, in my early 30s. I had just come out of the closet. And for some reason, and I, I, I lived in Portland, I moved there in 2009. So I don't know how much this was a universal experience across the country. Um, but at least in Portland in 2009, 2010, Law & Order SVU was huge in the lesbian scene. Okay. Like, like <laughs> okay. crazy popular. Like, every, le- like... It, I mean, I, too, were- have seen Mariska Hargitay, but... Sure. Well, exactly. But it, <laughs> it's also crazy because when you watch it, you're like, this is, like... It's kind of, it's, they do not pull punches about, like, kind of fucked up shit. It's real trauma. And, okay, first of all, the first, like, the first 10 years of SVU is happening in a time where rape culture is still very, like, second nature. So it's Mm crazy, like, it, it was considered a liberal show, but it doesn't have a liberal message. It very frequently sides on the side of the cops. One of the things that's fascinating to me about any SVU episode is there's not a clear point of view. Mm -hmm. There's you at the beginning of the episode, you're like, oh, well, clearly this victim is wrong. And then somewhere along the episode, you're like, oh, wait, maybe this victim is right. And then at the end, you get Dick Wolfed and you're like, wait, what was all of that? It was just some weird twist for none of that to matter. Yeah. Um, which is honestly why I love the name Dick Wolf. Um, and that it like that shorthand happened for me when I was a lesbian in Portland. Like yeah. that, because my ex-girlfriend and I, we would binge watch law and order SVU. And that moment where the title screen comes up and you just see executive producer, Dick Wolf. One of the hallmarks, of Law and Order SVU is that no episode has an adequate resolution. Oh, absolutely not. The show just ends. (laughs) And like, and normally I'm like, what would be a cliffhanger to any kind of show that had continuity? Yeah. Yeah. It's, there's not, there's not an actual resolution. You, (laughs) you you're just like, yeah, from uh, at least the episodes I've seen, a lot of them tend to end with like one of the cops going, yeah, they found her and she was killed. Boom, boom. Yeah, yeah that or that or like, oh yeah, he was found not guilty. Guess he'll go rape again. Boom, boom. Yeah, I did. Which, like, in a way, is another way that it kind of really varied from the kind of cop, quote unquote, cop shows that came before it. In that, like, it was fine with the bad guys lose, with the bad guys just winning sometimes, and just like not resolving yeah. that. Yeah, no. <laughs> Or that there was no good guy. Like yeah. frequently at the end of a of a an episode, you realize that no one was good. No, at no yeah. point was anyone worth rooting for. And it's so weird to sit there and then go, "Huh, I feel good about having what." I, I don't know. It's like it yeah. inspires these feelings of like, "Oh, I feel at peace with the world," even though it's showing you a world where you should not be at peace. Wait, you're you're telling me cops can't be, you shouldn't. Cops can't be trust. Can't can't can be bad. <laughs> What's wild, Brandon, is that sometimes I'm rooting for the cops, what? and I hate cops. I, I I'm one of those people that wants 
to get an ACAB tattoo. Like I've had to really stop myself more than once. Sure. Um, and yet this is one of my favorite shows. It's very bizarre. Uh, I, okay. So here's some trivia. Here's some just fun trivia. When Christopher Uh Maloney, Christopher Maloney, first of all, I feel like is such an underrated actor. Oh yeah. For sure. 100%. He's so fucking funny too. Oh God. His timing. He's just truly. So for me, my favorite SVU years are seasons two, because that's when Ice-T comes, to, uh, (laughs) to, I think it's 12 or 14 when uh, Stabler leaves. Mm -hmm. And every episode... After Stabler leaves, I don't care. (laughs) I don't care. And it's like you said, it it feels like they jumped the shark a little bit because now they wanted to focus on their personal lives a little bit too more. Yeah. I, I don't really care. I'm, that's not why. I'm not watching for continuity. And didn't they replace him with, like, Anthony Anderson or something? They replaced him with six other people. And no yeah, one. there's been, like, a lot of. Yeah, like, no one <laughs> has been able to be him. But one of my favorite things is for every episode that Christopher Maloney was in, the title is one word. And they stop mm-hmm. the, um... That as a like uh, pattern uh, after he left the show. Weird. I never noticed that. Honestly, it had not. It had not occurred to me until literally just now that Law and Order episodes have titles. Oh, they're they amazing. They're, they're all weird. <laughs> they're all weird. They're oh yeah. Stand- when you titles, sometimes you're like, "What the fuck?" It's so. It's, it's just another layer. It's like another dimension when you, when you factor that in. One of, my, one of my all-time favorite episodes. The one with the multiple homicide. Well. They're like friends. Funny enough. Okay, got to remember. Special victims is about people. Uh, the victim is either a child or has engaged in some sort of like sexual nature, some sexual nature to the crack. Yep. Um, so there's not usually multiple homicides. Like, just frankly, that's like, very rarely are we dealing no. with more than one person dying. We're dealing with multiple people getting raped or multiple yeah. people getting assaulted. But Yeah, you have, guess, you have to deal with all the trauma of the victims in a way you yeah. don't with regular law and order because you're just dealing with a dead guy. Or like criminal minds, where you're literally like, well, we need this guy to kill again. Uh, oh, I could talk about criminal intent all fucking day. That one was my jam. It's not I good, but I love it. I'm He's very into Vincent D'Onofrio. Honestly, yeah. I'm even into the Jeff Goldblum season. Oh, I can get, I can get behind that. Is, Criminal Intent's the one with Bogosian, right? Yes, that's the only thing you know about it. Yes. yes. <laughs> and it was their first attempt at continuity, too, where they brought back fucking Mr. Big, whatever that actor, Chris Christopher. What that, Chris oh, Nose. Yeah. Because he was an early Law & Order detective yeah, who, he was like, in continuity was shipped off to like Staten that. Island and then... Ten years later, they brought him back. <laughs> I, I did think that that was adorable. Um, yeah. Now that he wasn't on Sex in the City anymore, and they didn't need to, you know, try to outbid him. But um, but yeah, Law and Order it does this great job. You're like following the victims. You're following all this like the the patterns. But okay, so my favorite episode is this one where at the very beginning, um, again another underrated actor, the medical examiner. Uh, and 
unfortunately don't remember her name, but she is oh, fucking. Fuck. I can't either now. I don't. Uh, it's Doctor Warner, but I don't know her like her actual name. Yeah. Um, she's fucking phenomenal, and I think she arrives also in either season two or three. But there's one where at the very top, they're waiting on her to come. And Stabler very specifically says, Doc, I need you to rule this a homicide. We are up to our ears in fucking rapes right now. We got it. We got so many other cases. I don't need this one. And then she uh, like basically like examines the girl on the scene. And she's like, well, there's bruising in the thighs and blah, blah, blah. So it looks like this is your case, detective. And you're like, oh, damn. Then, turns out, she's an Olympic gymnast. There's, like, all this shit going on. And then, oh, wait, she was having an affair, so maybe there is some sexual assault. Nope, it was a totally consensual affair. Turns out she's not even underage because she's just pretending to be underage so she can compete and all this shit. And then at yeah. the end, one of, her, one of her peers killed her tried to make it look like this other dude killed her so it was just a regular homicide <laughs> and they never draw attention to that fact but you just watched a whole episode where they told they explicitly told you at the top please don't let us have to solve this case and then they solve it and they shouldn't have had to solve that case love, <laughs> it. love it love it oh my god it's like it, it, Every, every Law & Order episode, I swear to God, is just some wild, nihilistic exercise in futility. It's, maybe that's why it's so, like, calming in this weird way. Like, you, yeah, you understand it, there's, like, chaos twist, outside. But. Every twist and every development in the case is the most wild version of it. Yeah. And, like, like, not in a way that you're like, yeah, well, it's TV. You know, they need to heighten it. You're like, they could have heightened it without going there. <laughs> Oh, and then there's, like, some just wild episodes. Like, the one I gave you was real tame. That's, like, an actual yeah. episode, at least. Then there's, like, John Stamos, where his whole crime is basically convincing women to get pregnant. And yep. he's, like, serially, uh, what's the word? Uh, not infected, but, like, inseminated. <laughs> all of these women. and No, infecting is the right word. <laughs> all of these women to carry his seed so that he can have all these children, but they don't know about each other. And they're trying to figure out, like, is that a crime? Uh -huh. <laughs> and hey, now they've just taken the premise of that and turned it into some show with Brittany Snow. Um, I think that's who that is. There's, like, a show that that's basically the premise of now. Tim Hutton is in it. I watched John Stamos single-handedly ruin a Beach Boys concert. So that so that's not the worst crime he's committed, but the second worst crime. Oh, that's maybe, true. Maybe of my favorite guest stars, though, Martin Short is up there. Oh, yeah, you, that's the other thing. Every that single episode? fucking person on Earth has been in Law & Order. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And it's like, what's fun is sometimes you see a glimpse of somebody before they were famous. Before they were famous, and you're and like, oh, fuck. Yeah, it's like, oh, my God, they're on this episode. And then you're like, then there's the people like John Stamos and Martin Short. And um, one of the most recent ones had, um, it's the old guy, or one of the guys from The Princess Bride, and... Um, Carrie Elways? No, like the, the guy that's like, inconceivable. Oh, Wallace Shawn. Oh, uh, Wallace Shawn. yeah. He was on, and it was an incredible, and this was like last year. It was yeah. 
incredible. It was one of the most incredible acting, like on the Law and Order, especially that I've seen. Uh, him and his brother were like hermits, mm-hmm. and it was just this. Both of them, like, I mean, they get these incredible stars. Though it's not the best episodes of Law and Order is an uh, SV. I think it's SVU. Weirdly. Um, with Robin Williams, I was I was about to say that, and he he ends up playing a like. Okay, he's playing. That might be one of the ones you've seen. That I have. That is one of the. That is the only episode of Law and Order I have seen in its entirety. And we also walked through the it's filming really of it at, at Grand Central one night. There's this whole big scene at the end that's meant to be like um, playing on the Improv Everywhere guy. Yeah, Robin Williams that's is. Kind of like, oh! Robin Williams is just straight up playing Charlie Todd, and it's it's a it's a little weird. And Scott Adsit is in that episode too. Oh yeah, he is. I forgot about him. He's like the B villain, but like not really. Oh, and yeah. then he gets like locked in his own like clo- I don't know. It's really funny actually. He gets locked in a cell in the cold open. No, he gets locked in a um. He gets locked. He's like having sex with a girl in the back of the McDonald's he manages or something, yeah. and like gets locked in. the Supply okay. You brought up cold open, and I, I feel like the a need to also bring up. I want. I mean, there isn't he, a cold open technically to Law and Order. Oh, well, that's the thing. It's like a lot. Well, Law and Order originally, I feel like, really capitalized on it. Uh, if you want to get really technical, because I do love uh, television history and lineage, um, the X Files really. Um, introduced the idea of like a medical cold open or like this idea that you would have an unrelated image or uh, discussion between people that would then play into like the rest of the show. Sure. Mm-hmm. But then law and order took that and fucking ran with it. And in a way that like Mulaney has these great bits about the beginnings of a law and order episode because they have become these weird tropes where it's like two guys taking out the tra- in fact the episode that i just gave you the rundown that was yeah. how they found that it was two it's just two garbage men talking about sports or so, some doesn't matter anything and yep. then they like can't get the dumpster back in and uh oh turns out there's a dead girl um, I hate when that happens. There's so many. There's so many beginnings Ways of episodes. Just people like just that. stumble on a body. Yeah, where, or where a lot of times you're you're listening to two people having an argument. That's my favorite. Where it's a misdirect, yeah. and you're like, oh, these people are like somebody's about to hurt the other person, and it's like, nope. In the midst of their argument, they just trip over a fucking body. Yeah, <laughs> yep. that's very good. Yeah. It- like so many tropes like that have come from law and order and are now so part of like modern day police procedurals that we right. pretend that it's always been that way. And it hasn't. Right. It, it really was ground in, in, and has was groundbreaking in a lot of ways for the procedural and really iconic for basically the last part of the 20th century and beginning of the 21st. Like it's, it's 20, also, 30 years. The main one was on. It's also sort of become like, it has its own legacy among actors too. Like having lived in New York, uh, you know your actor friend has started to make it if they're, you know, a victim on Law and Order or if they've done Law and Order. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Didn't you? Isn't there a story about Kevin Smith saying he would only do it if he got to be like 
the guy who finds like that guy yeah. in the cold open, the guy who like points you to the guy who did it. Yeah, there are, there are two of those, Ke- uh, or at least that I know of. I'm sure there are more. But yeah, Kevin Smith was vocal about wanting to be not the bad guy, but like the guy that points you to the guy that points you to the bad guy. Or like when Questlove was on Law and Order, he was just a body. Yeah. <laughs> like he's just dead on the slab with a bullet hole in his head. And you're like, oh, that's that's Questlove. All right. I totally forgot we were in Grand Central when they filmed that. Yeah, that. that I, really I, cool. I do remember now, but. Yeah, that Robin Williams episode. We were. That was actually one of two times I saw Robin Williams in the wild. Um, we were walking through Grand Central and Improv Everywhere had done a, a thing previously where they just had everyone in Grand Central just stop. Like mid motion, whatever they were doing at a certain time, everyone was just going to stop. And so the people that didn't wow. stop moving would just be like, what's happening? Because that's improv everywhere's whole thing is they basically just do these like little happenings like that. Basically um, flash mobs. Yeah, basically. Um, and uh, yeah, we walked through Grand Central and I was like, wait, are they just doing the? Are they just doing improv everywhere? Like, are they just doing that bit? And then. We kept on walking towards our train. It's like, oh, there's there's Robin Williams in like a weird tweed jacket and glasses. Oh, huh. And then like six months later, if that, uh, Beth no, turns on. No, it wouldn't have been that long because that's another thing about Law and Order is, you know, it's they not written as far in advance. Out. They crank that shit out like one week at a time, which is why they're always like ripped from the headlines. Yep. It's always about like whatever the latest scandal in the U.S. is. It's like their I version of it. I do love that because sometimes when you're watching like old episodes, you can be like, oh, oh yeah, that's when Casey Anthony killed her kids. (laughs) Yeah, like, oh, yeah, that's what we were all discussing. Like, is it okay if you do this thing? Oh, I remember that sociopath that Jim Gaffigan is roughly playing. Yeah, his episode's actually very good as well. Is that the one where he's married to Terry Polo? Uh I don't remember his wife, but I remember he's like the, no, I think his wife is the victim and yeah. he's the dad of like, it's almost like a John and Kate plus eight kind of thing. He's the dad of these like eight kids that were like, they had like a reality show and like the mom gets killed. And I, th- I mean, I think he did it, but I don't totally remember. Um, but yeah, there's like every, like every episode can point you to one thing. And then later you're like, wait, how did that end? And you don't remember yeah. because there's eight fucking twists. There's eight twists, there's a thousand episodes, and every comedy actor who wants to have something serious on his resume just goes and plays a villain on, on Law & Order. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's fair. And everybody yeah. else is just trying to play a corpse. Yeah. Though, God, now I wish Wallace Shawn had become one of the cops. They're all such iconic characters. And... I mean, that's that's another thing like the the main cast of the show, I think probably just due to the nature of, you know, whatever it's law and order, it's whatever, like I think doesn't get enough credit. Those actors are they're really well done characters. Okay, Richard Belzer straight up lifts his character from the wire. Like there is an actual like he refers to. To, to working Baltimore homicide oh, all the no, time on it's, SBU. It's, it's a crossover from... It's, it's, not, crossover. it's not The Wire. It's his show he was on before. What there's was that? an actual... There's... Fuck. Oh, City, yeah. Hill Street Blues? Was that it? Hill Street Blues, I think. I, I, don't, Baltimore? 
I don't yeah. know. I just know that he like actually like he just so straight there's... up like just plays the same guy yes. and it it's is like the same character. And yeah, it's a hundred percent. It's like... the same character. There is a, there's a two part episode somewhere in the nineties that one of them is on Law and Order and one of them is on the show he used to be on because the show takes place in Baltimore and they like go down to Baltimore and like interact with those characters. There's yeah. like an actual crossover. He plays the same character on an episode of uh, the X-Files too, where he's like oh, I think questioning right. the lone. Yeah. I don't remember if it was the X-Files or the lone gunman spinoff, but he, he played that character in one of the lone gunman episodes of the X-Files. He's been written up for like having a character span the most number of like universes, like that this one character exists in Sorry. all of these different places. It's I knew beautiful. it wasn't Hill Street Blues. I was correct. It's Homicide. Homicide. Life on the Street. Yeah, he was on he was in Homicide, Life on the Street, and then was the same character in Law and Order SVU. Yeah. And he has played the character. Here's it's the beginning of his Wikipedia. Uh, Richard J. Belser is an American actor. Blah, blah, blah. He's best known for his role as uh, BPD detective slash NYPD detectives, detective slash sergeant and DA investigator John Munch, whom he yes. has portrayed as a regular cast member on the NBC police drama series Homicide Life on the Street and Law and Order Special Victims Unit, as well as in guest appearances on a number of other series. He has portrayed the character for 23 years from 1993 to 2016. <laughs> I remember when SVU uh, like had the episode where he retires. It's yeah. a beautiful send-off. It like, is. It really is. Like, yeah. yeah, he played the same character for 23 years on two different shows. And it's a character that doesn't trust the government. Yeah, he doesn't trust the government. That's his whole thing. So funny. Yeah. He's like, oh, that's why he was so good on X-Files, because he's like the perfect, like, weird conspiracy guy. He also released this weird vampire rock and roll song. On a dark street in Transylvania, there came a man. All cloaked in black He was looking For the ladies Who would satisfy his passionate attack Yes, he'd sneak in To their bedrooms Sink his pearly teeth Right near their breast When the nighttime Turns to morning He must leave them for his shrouded rest The vampire Loved the ladies and he whispered sweet seductions in their ears I said the vampire loved the ladies He needed them to pass the endless years Though the vampire loved the ladies And the ladies swooned and sorrowed for his touch Yeah, the vampire, he loved the ladies His undoing wasn't loving them too much Him and Ice-T together, I think, have some of the best chemistry Oh yeah, uh, I re- I really really enjoy that. It's one of those pairings of people where you would never quite expect. Oh, you know what's going to be a great pairing? Ice T <laughs> and Richard Belzer. It's the same way that like we were watching an old Space Ghost episode where through just th- that show being itself, 
Macho Man Randy Savage had a conversation with Raven Simone when she was like eight, and it's turns out that's the best combination of people that can talk to each other on television. Right. <laughs> it's Macho Man Randy Savage and Raven Simone, and I feel like the the Belzer uh, T uh, pairing is is just as up there. Oh, and of course, Ice T then became you know an absolute icon slash meme for all the weird shit his character says uh it's amazing they have him they have his character act like he's never seen crimes before yeah it's it's so uh, uh, oh man uh wait you mean somebody stabbed him with a knife but it's better it's like when he finds out that there's a woman who's a sex addict he's like oh so it's like losing your house on the ponies and like, I guess. What? I have seen that clip. <laughs> yeah, like, it, sure. His analogies are always so weird. Like, sure, but like, why are we making this analogy? Uh-huh. You're like, well, I guess that tracks. I, technically, I, I, yes. Okay. You're not technically wrong. But also, I no? I screenshot just iced tea quotes. Uh, and oh, hope. yeah. That was like one of my favorite hobbies. There's another one where he's like, well, I guess we'll go find them at the Nut Hut. And you're like, what? <laughs> yeah, he says the most ridiculous stuff. What is the Mariska Hargitay line about a banana up somebody's rectum? Oh, I was going to say, that's another iconic one. It's um, the, the episode where somebody's sodomized with a banana. And she has to ask very seriously about... The, oh, yeah. did, was would the your husband was sodomized with a banana? Does that like mean anything to you? Like, yeah. Which is uh chef's kiss to the universe. Oh yeah, yeah. I also love they, they do a lot of um. I mean, like they had an episode that is basically like foretold the Kavanaugh hearing, but it, it, yeah. it was it was like there are weird. some prophetic episodes when you're going back and watching them like 20 years later you're like oh fuck yeah. <laughs> somebody was it thinking was, uh, about this somebody was thinking about privacy in the future <laughs> uh-huh it, 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 it is really fascinating um just i don't know there as, as much as that show goes off the rails it stays on the rails for some really important moments and uh it's it's just a fun, I don't know. Like I said, I think that, I think the most important thing though, is just that it is this, this cyclical sort of rhythm that you can just kind of put on. And I love it. I love it. I love how it just adheres to, you know, exactly where you are in the show based on the music and the cadence and Yep. You can kind of tell what's happened, even if you haven't. And been they paying. love to recap what's already happened in the past forty minutes, so you can yeah. easily, especially if you get if you miss the whole law section and you come into the order section, you're still going to get it. Uh, you will find out what's happened. Yeah, hundred yep. percent. They have to practice, and especially because they drag those twists right up to the last second. So even if you think you knew what was happening, it wouldn't matter because it's going to change right before the end. Oh yeah. So what you guys are telling me is that there's some sort of procedure to this show i already told you i already told you it is my platonic ideal of a procedural tv show it is one of my favorite series of all times even though 
it's one of those things in the same way that people are like, how do you like true crime? It's like, how do you like these horrifying episodes of Law and Order? And I'm like, they're soothing. They're very soothing to me. Yeah, you get you get bummed out when I do a funny voice for the cat, but you will watch, but these like graphic Law and Order things do not upset you in the slightest. And I find it very funny. It's true. Well, that was That's the other part about being in Portland and in the lesbian scene. And like, like Beth was saying earlier, they don't pull punches. They can get pretty graphic. The the show or the Portland lesbians? Both. Fair. Both. <laughs> to be fair, yeah. But uh but but specifically the show. And like my my ex girlfriend and I, and I will go ahead and say at the front, she is an assault survivor. Um we we used to on the DL just call it rape show and then have to be very aware, like like, hey, babe, you want to go watch Rape Show? Oh, shit, don't say it that loud. We're in a bar. Like, yeah. Like, you can't just be like, hey, Rape Show? Um, that's, like, our, our thing at home. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah. but, yeah, like, it's very much a rape show. And yet women love it. I think part of it is because it does. I think part of it is a reflection of seeing the very real trauma that a lot of women go through that's often brushed under the rug, shown yeah. in a admittedly sensationalist way, but still being actually represented. One of the strategies a therapist taught me a while back was, okay, if you struggle with anxiety, let your brain go to what is the worst case scenario and then see what that is and can you sit with it? And then like and a lot of times that's SVU. And yeah. And I think that that's, there's something to be said for that, that women actually like seeing the worst thing that could happen to us in a controlled environment that we are just passively kind of watching and going, yep, I knew that that could happen. I'm mm -hmm. not crazy for feeling those feelings when I'm in a parking deck. I'm not crazy for feeling like that guy is watching me at the fucking supermarket. I'm not crazy for feeling like that guy possibly is following me home. Um, mm -hmm. So I think it does like validate a lot of feelings that we have and I don't know, and let us sit with them in a, in a, in a safe environment. Yeah. And I also think too, that a lot of women are, able to sit with it because it is a reality that we've all had to think about in a way where I think a lot of guys are just like, oh my God, what is this? I can't believe you're watching this. And you're like, this is not even close to the worst thing I've thought of happening to me when I was walking home in Hollywood to my car. 100%. Like, like this is, this is tame compared to the things I've imagined. Yep. And I, I think that there's something to be said for that. And I, I, when I, cause I have tried to figure out like, why would women be exclusively drawn to a show that is about violence against women but on the mm -hmm. whole? Like it's not just yeah. like there are clearly all kinds of victims, but it is pretty much a show about violence against women. Um, yep. For the most part, but so is most, you know, murder and, se well, and, and sex crimes, you know, and yeah, violence. And, well, okay, so here's, here's another weird trivia thing. Um, so, SVU, uh, I think debuted in 2000 or 2001, maybe 2002, yeah. something like that. Early 2000s. I would say 2002, but I could be wrong. I I think you're right because I I'm pretty sure that almost in all of them, like 9/11 has already happened. Yeah. But at any, at I don't any remember rate. them dealing with it. Yeah, like I feel like that was already like a okay. 
uh, well, you know. Uh, and I also feel like in those early ones, there's a lot of weird um, terrorism bias against Middle Eastern people. Mm-hmm. And like yeah. in general, there's a weird, like you watch those and you're like, wow, that feels weird. Um, well, that was yeah. all media for about a decade and a half there. That's true. That's what I mean. Like, and these are set in New York and it's very, you know, but yeah, um, you can't ignore it. No. Yeah. Shit. I forgot what we were talking about. Law and order. When yeah. SVU premiered at in early 2000. Yeah. I don't remember what, where my, Oh, uh, Oh yeah. Okay. So the thing was, um, as it became more popular, people started calling their police departments asking to speak with special victims. But not yeah. all police departments had a special victims unit. Oh. And the show actually increased the number of special, like the, the introduction yeah. of there being a specific sex crimes unit to deal with those cases. And they've uh, done the, that cast has done yeah. like a lot of PSAs as well, and like has actually that cast has done a lot of like really good work with nonprofits. Oh, and the and, and, and the organizations and really like bringing the rape testing um, crisis to the forefront and mm-hmm. really explaining how detrimental that is, and like well, we're dealing with time in some of these, and there's a statute of limitations, and if you don't get it tested, then the yeah. System breaks down and but yeah like the cast members justice. themselves have actually done like a lot of really good work with it yeah um, as well it's, it's really really impressive and it's just you don't see that happen that much where like because of a television show um somehow more justice happened like yeah that's pretty cool yeah well before we wrap up I, I mentioned earlier, although also this will kind of fall under the uh, the same. I was going to say, uh, much like you being like, let's watch Rape Show. Brandon has definitely, um, because I watch a lot of it, referred to them as flavors. And so it's definitely been like, oh, are you watching the sex crime flavor? Or the Bogosian flavor. It's all he knows about criminal intent is Bogosian. It's just so funny to me that noted monologist Eric Bogosian is on Law & Order. I mean, I know him as an actor, so like I, I don't know, like, he can be on whatever he wants. I like the uh, cast of Criminal Intent, but I can never really get into it because it's major crimes, yeah. and I just don't give a shit about rich people losing big sums of money and shit. Yeah, like I, I don't care about like that so much of, either. But you know, D'Onofrio's character just checks all my like into really smart messes uh, boxes. So uh, I'll, I'll give you that. And his that's um, a personal that's a personal problem. His partner is sexy as fuck. So I will. I'll hey. I'll sit down. She's and really watch great that. too. She's a really great actress too. That just like does not get enough credit to try and like fucking pull. So many of the, especially because of the way his character was written, so many of those episodes were like her just fucking pulling everything back from the brink in a Herculean yeah. effort of acting and dealing with the material you're given. Uh, she's very good. The, my other favorite thing about Law and Order is it's always on somewhere. Anytime I go into a hotel room, I just turn on the TV and it will be on somewhere late at night. There will be, it's, syndicated everywhere there's a million episodes you can always always find larder and i find that really reassuring too it's just there's always law and order on somewhere it used to be that with mash oh yeah 
but there's it, it, it has hit, hit syndication in this wild way where you can you're right you can just always find it on and because they're it's always recycling it's on tbs it's on ion <laughs> and frankly i enjoy shows that i don't have to think to, yep. to go okay i want to watch this which one do i want to start like i know that if i put on Hulu or Netflix and pick Law and Order. It doesn't matter. I just yeah. set it to one of them. Let them play. Cool. Uh, any episode does, it, yeah. is fine. Any you episode don't have to follow great. it. You don't have to know yeah. what was going on. You don't need to know the characters because they're so such stock characters and they're played so well that you get who they are immediately. You don't need to know the history. Yeah. I it's just good. put it on and play it and listen to it and go, oh, okay, cool. It's very comforting. Uh, yeah. 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 I, well, I love the comfort so of a rape show, you know? Yeah. <sighs> thank you so much for coming on and talking about comfortable rape shows with us. <laughs> uh, thank you. Thank you oh, for having me. I really, I really do enjoy, um, you know, just, just talking. Just talking. Just but especially, I, I have two people's names tattooed on my body, and Dick Wolf is one of them. So yeah. Oh, damn. I just, yeah. This is definitely, like... Something There's a new Maloney spinoff coming soon. Oh, I am very, I'm very excited. I'm, I'm ready. Maybe, yeah, I'm, I haven't been this ready for something in a while. I want them to Incredibly do, ready. I want them to do a crossover episode where he plays his Law and Order character and his Wet Hot American Summer character. And they go on an adventure to see who fondled the sweaters. That's fair. I, I would love to see a crossover from uh, his Law and Order and his True Blood character. Oh, I didn't know he oh, was yeah. on True Blood. Was he a human or a vampire? Sure was. Vampire. Oh, he was a vampire. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. He was a badass. It was pretty amazing. Oh, yeah. But it's, it's when the show went off the rails. Um, in my opinion, that's when it got good. But you I, know. Yeah, I never saw any of it, but um, I heard it was wild. I read the books. And so when it, okay. started to get, when it started to get wild, I was like, well, now it's finally like the books. Um, <laughs> And so I felt like the people that got mad about it, I was like, well, you didn't read the source material. Well, I think it, that was also a kind of pulpy show for HBO. Oh, yeah. But it was the see what they did was they took and I, I hate to ruin this for anybody. They took a really campy fantasy series that was pretty comic. that was 100 percent written for women and then tried to make it into an HBO drama. Yeah. And gave it to Alan Ball, of all people. <laughs> Do not speak bad oh, of Alan I'm Ball. Not, He's I'm from not, my hometown. I'm not, speaking, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not speaking ill of Alan Ball. I love Alan Ball. Six Feet Under is a fucking masterpiece. But going from Six Feet Under to, you know, pulpy vampire, horny vampire trash show, it, 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 there were better uses of his talent, I think. Oh, <laughs> all right. But anyway, go you know what? Home. He got paid good money. That's Leave fair. him alone. Hooks, if people wanted to, if you are so inclined to share, find more Hooks content in the world as much as we're not out there doing stuff at the moment. Um, but I don't know if you have any like yeah. Hooks up online or anything or anything you wanted to plug. I am at where people can follow face. you. I'm at Babyface Hooks on pretty much all social media. Um, if you go to questionable.com, TV. Uh, you can stay up to date with a web series uh, that I will be 
hopefully engaged in releasing later this year. Um, but it is, it is set to come to you soon. And it's a really, really cool thing that Colton and I worked on. It's a, a queer rom-com. And I'm really, really excited about it getting out into the world. So Questionable is a series that you can look for from us. And then, yeah, like I said, at Baby Face Hooks for my day-to-day life. Pictures of my pet, Dick Wolf, and uh, some cats. Also two very good cats, Kitten and, uh, and Dolan. Yep, yep. Gooby, please. Do you want pet, pet content, art, uh, sometimes I'm funny, mostly... Probably see some photos of the toys. <laughs> mostly, uh, yeah, it's going to be a lot of stuff around my house right now. Is Dolan named after the meme? Uh, that is the suspicion. Uh, he's a rescue. Oh, and gotcha. And he's, he's 15, and I just thought, you don't rename a senior cat. You... You let them just keep that name. So his name was Dolan, and I said, great, your name is Dolan. But I did look up that uh, old comic. Somebody turned me on to that, and I was like, oh, that could be why his name Dolan. That, I don't know another. Is that 15 years old, though? Brandon, I hate to to oh, say this, but it, no. it might be more. Gooby, please. Yeah. No, <laughs> Gooby, please. The, the <laughs> unstoppable march of time. Yeah, no, it's rough. Ooh, time has no meaning. I hate to break that to you if you haven't figured that out in quarantine. Gooby, please. Brandon, where uh, can people find you? Yeah, I'm at Hell Yes Brandon on all of the various uh, social platforms. Um, my band Inkblot has some shit on YouTube. We've got a demo. We've got some live sets that are pretty fun. Um uh, I think that's kind of it. I think that's kind of it for my for my plugs. I was gonna I was gonna plug the uh, Fifty States project, but that's old news. Y'all know about that. Um, yeah, I think I, think I reminded that- him the other day. These episodes are coming out in July, and so he's been talking about his dumb fart song for like two months on this yeah. show now. Which means I, I got I get to say the phrase "poop on my nuts" at this gate from my butts uh, in everyone's ears once a week for a couple months, which is. You know, makes me feel happy. He's looking forward to it. Beth, what about you? Uh, you can find me everywhere at at B scores, uh, spelled how you'd think, B-E-E-S-C-O-R-E-S. There's an underscore after the S. The easiest way to find me would be to follow the hashtag IntuitPod on Instagram. You can also find uh, the show on Twitter at at IntuitPod, and you can find us on Facebook. Uh, we hope that you subscribe so it just comes directly to you, but if not, you can always find our episodes through any of those formats. Uh, and thank you, as always, to Kalen West and Tiny stills for the use of our theme song starting over is a lot like giving up off the album falling is like flying that's all i got i have no plugs my industry has been decimated (laughs) yeah uh maybe by july we'll have new industry yeah as as a professional stagehand i'm pretty sure there's still not going to be any uh you know concerts to set up by then (sighs) yeah no i get it i've I've been talking to um, other re- restaurateurs and um, there's just a lot of us in that boat where we're like, I don't know what we're going to yeah, do. Yeah, you guys are in that boat. And meanwhile, I'm over on the other boat going, you got any room over there? Because that's the only other thing on my resume is food service. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can push heavy uh, things or I can serve food. So that's how bad that is. Um, 
yeah, it's just, it's, it's crazy because, um, so, well, this is, this is yeah. conversation we'll another another time. Yeah. 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 But, but at any rate, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Well, thank so, you yeah. so much for joining us. I had such a great time. Y'all are a delightful host, and I, I would love to talk to y'all about anything, anytime. Oh, heck Hell yeah. Hell yeah. We may take you up on that. All that being said, wow. I can't believe they all killed each other and themselves before burning the house down. That's just podcasting, I guess. Podcast over. Dun dun! <laughs> Podcast! <laughs> Done.